ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined by a man who luckily avoided his expiration date last week. It's Captain Tips. I know, it's really weird, Silver. It keeps changing. <laughs> that is right, Tibbs, but like I said, one hell of a show last week, expiration date. We saw your son, Chuck Tibbs, overcome the odds, defeating Robert Hill. We saw Crush Atlas defend his championship successfully against Danny Roanoke, and we have got brand new champions in this company, our new women's champion, Phoenix Driver, who, uh, let me put it this way, Tibbs, the entire crowd leapt to their feet for that moment. Absolutely, Sills. I mean, this, the expiration date special has completely changed the landscape of JWF going into Wrestlepalooza, and I couldn't be happier to see it. That is right, and speaking of changing the landscape, how about we have a brand new JWF Grand Slam champion. Just about every title that can be held is now been held by the man known as Blake Tanner, our brand new Defiant Champion. Absolutely, Sills. After a, a grueling expiration chamber match, Blake Tanner came out victorious. And let's not forget, he didn't even go into that match at 100%. He had defeated Scotty Moore in the opening of the show in an epic J1 tournament matchup. Blake Tanner, uh, many people said that he was pushing the envelope, going to the lengths of what a human body would be, or at least his body would be able to do. And then he came out victorious, defying the odds, does not even begin to describe it. Well, absolutely, Sills. I mean, you could say that was a superhuman feat there on the part of Blake Tanner going that. All right, let's not let's not put him over that much, Tibbs, because he is in the ring at the opening of the show, and I'm sure he is more than willing to do that himself. I've shouldered many burdens over my years in the JWF. One of those that's been on my mind a lot recently, for obvious reasons, was uh, two years ago. And I let fear and doubt overwhelm me, and I took one of my own students' biggest opportunities and ripped it away for my own personal gain. I ruminated on those actions so much that eventually it seeped into my brain and turned me into nothing short of an egomaniacal monster. I mean, it wasn't until recently that I was even able to forgive myself and start crawling out of that dark hole I dug myself into. Uh, but that's a story that all of you know. Today, I stand in a very similar position to two years ago, holding a championship that should really be over the shoulder of one of my most talented students. But, well, you see, when Scotty and I came up with the idea of the Defiant Championship, we really didn't want to hold the belt. It was meant for the wrestlers on the JWF roster, new and old, who had not had that many opportunities to prove themselves in the ring. It was a fresh concept, meant to motivate these supremely talented people into giving their all night after night, week after week. Then over the last few weeks for me, well, let's just say tensions grew, egos were bruised, battle lines were drawn, and I found that I needed to prove myself again. I needed my own motivation to stop myself from falling back into that dark place that almost consumed my heart and soul once before. So I walked into one of the most grueling and dangerous structures in JWF history, the Expiration Chamber.
and I fought with every inch of my being until I took this championship that meant everything to its former owner. I fought and bled for this championship so I could finally embody everything it stands for and prove to everyone, myself included, that I am what I say I am. The best damn wrestler in this entire company! So now I'm going to stand as the very namesake of defiance against anyone in this company who says that I've overworked myself, that I'm gonna burn out, or that I could never hold championship gold again. And Falcor, my boy, you put up a hell of a fight. You've got a rematch for this title whenever you want it, okay? I wanna face you one-on-one -on -one for this thing. And to the rest of the guys in the locker room in the back, I'll extend the same offer to you. I will not rest on my laurels as the only Grand Slam champion in this company's history. That's not enough anymore. I've just begun. Here's a little note for you. The price of this championship is that you will not rest. When you are the defiant champion, all the world will be your adversary. To fight them, you must embody the very spirit of defiance itself. Today, with this championship in hand, I become the avatar of defiance, fighting like my own existence is on the line every week. That means any one of you in the back, feel free to challenge me for this championship and I will answer. I'll answer every Wednesday to any brave enough soul that wants a fight. Doesn't matter if you're in the tag division, a singles wrestler, hell, if Val Curry wants to come out and go toe-to-toe -to, -toe to me, that's A-OK. -okay. Next Wednesday, Blake Tanner's Defiant Challenge begins, and someone's got to step up, because someone's got to get stomped on. Well, Tibbs, uh, looks like we have got us a match made this Wednesday for Defiance, but we only know who one of the men is. Blake Tanner issuing an open challenge to the entire roster, putting the Defiant Championship on the line, and that is, in my opinion, exactly the type of champion the Defiant Champion should be. Absolutely, Sills. That sounds like that was exactly what it was made for. It's right there in the name. That is right, but speaking of other men who have definitely been living up to their championships potential, why don't we talk about our captain's champion, the man known as Crush Atlas, who went into a match against, in my opinion, a very game Danny Roanoke at expiration date and still walked out victorious. Exactly, Sills. Crush Atlas is cementing his reputation as one of the greats. In, in the captain's championship division, and it doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon. I mean, you gotta look at the legacy of that belt. Our current champion, the Dylan, bled and nearly died for that belt. Scotty Moore, Blake Tanner, that is, le leg the legacy of that belt is littered with champions. And Crush Atlas is standing, in my opinion, on the same level as those men who are now fighting for the world championship, fighting against the god of this company. I mean, Crush Atlas has a bright future ahead of him, and he also has an interview in front of him. So why don't we go backstage with the champ to hear what he's got to say? Hello, everybody. Honeypot McSoy Boy here backstage with the JWF Captain's Champion. Coming off of a huge win over Danny Roanoke last week, Crush Atlas. Now Crush, you've gotten past what uh, many call the hardest defense of your championship, 
And that's the first offense. What's next for Crush Atlas? You're right. It was absolutely the hardest fight I've been in in a very long time. And last week I, I said some less than savory things about Danny Roanoke. And to Danny, I want you to know that you've earned my respect. And I'd be more than willing to throw this title on the line one more time. But until then, we have to worry about the future. The future. I, future. I am terribly sorry, Crush, but it appears as though somebody has bought out your promo time. I didn't even know that was possible. Um, so it looks like we have to turn the rest of this time over to AJ Steele with another episode of Wrestle Wars. I see. Hello, everybody! Welcome to another episode of the only show on this damn program that matters, and that's Wrestle Wars, starring yours truly, the rightful JWF Defiant Champion, AJ Steele. But I'm not petty about it. Anyways, on to the news regarding this week's episode of Defiance, and folks, this one's certainly looking to be good. At least as good as a card can look without AJ Steele on it. We got the War Weasels versus Big Fistin, I'm being told they're called, in a battle of which tag team matters the least in that damn division. We've got the Jebedook versus Big Cyrus Crane in a battle of two former JXT champions who have not done a damn thing that matters since. And of course, we've got the returning FOMO-san taking on Crush Atlas in what's sure to be an absolutely enthralling piece of television. <laughs> I mean, Crush Atlas, he's the guy that the JWF universe just loves, huh? Because this crowd loves boring pieces of garbage, apparently. But now we need to move on to the... To the hey! Hey, what are you doing in here? No, no, this is a closed set, damn it. You're, you're supposed to be in the... Ah! Uh, Tibbs, this may be my favorite episode of Wrestle Wars to ever exist because Crush Atlas has invaded the set. Yes, yes, do it, Crush. Break everything in there. He is absolutely decimating AJ Steele right now. Seems like he did not take kindly to having his promo time taken away from him. I wouldn't have either, Sills. I didn't have anything to do with this, by the way, for prosperity. Oh, and Tibbs, look at this, look at this. AJ has been picked up, and it looks like Crush has got some big advice for the next episode of Wrestle Wars, and that's for AJ to get to the chopper straight through the desk. Tibbs Crush Atlas has just destroyed the set of Wrestle Wars using AJ Steele as a proverbial wrecking ball. I've never seen anything more beautiful, Sills. I really hope that means that this show's over. Ah, uh, well, if, if AJ has the money that I believe he does, I'm sure he could pay for another desk, but I am more than willing to watch Crush Atlas thrown through as many desks as it takes. Sounds good to me. That is right, Tibbs, but now why don't we move on to our J1 tournament. Um, one of the biggest, actually the biggest tournament we've ever had in the history of this company. Six former JWF champions in Block A. Six former JXT champions in Block B. And every single one of them are going to fight each other before the deal is done. 
Absolutely, so it was a wild tournament right now, and we've had some amazing matches in the J1 so far, and I think we're about to talk about another one that's coming right up. That is right, the man known as Chuck Gibbons, a former JXT champion, and of course, a man who is now the leader of the wild-eyed Southern Boys. And a lot of people were really excited to see how he would fare in this tournament, but so far, he has struggled to get out of the gate. No points to his name so far. Absolutely, and uh, in a tournament like this, it really is a struggle. Those first matches are so key to getting some type of momentum into winning some matches. And Chuck Gibbons right here, he's got some headway to make up for. That is right, but he is also in our ring right now, flanked by the Southern Boys themselves. So why don't we go down to the ring and hear what Gibbons has to say about his match this Wednesday. All right, well... This hasn't exactly been the best few months for the Wild-Eyed Southern Boys, has it? Uh, Sam and Houston head to the Regal Rumble and end up fighting Demon Inc. so damn hard that they lost the match, uh, which is something that truly only that yellow-bellied coward Lawrence Whitney would be able to make happen. And then we move on to the J1 tournament. Chuck Gibbons' opportunity to climb the rankings once again, and I slip coming right out the gate. But, well, we wouldn't be the wild-eyed southern boys if everything came easy to us, would we? We wouldn't be the men that we are today if we didn't have hardships, if we didn't have setbacks, if we didn't have the opportunity to prove who we really are when our backs are against the wall, and, well, this Wednesday on Defiance, I'm going to get the opportunity to prove exactly what I... All right, Tibbs, new rule. They are not allowed to say Lawrence Whitney's names in promos anymore because I think that's how you summon him. Ah, uh, if you say Lawrence Whitney's name three times and it summons him like Beetlejuice, huh? Yes, but if Beetlejuice, if instead of being a, uh, a cool demon that likes to sing about death, he was a shitty little twink, you'd be correct. That is exactly who Lawrence Whitney is, and looks like he is coming down and staring down the wild-eyed southern boy. So, unfortunately, well, let's hear what Whitney has to say. Oh, sorry, sorry, my bad, my bad. I, I, I didn't realize they were going to play the music and all of that. You, you see, I, we just wanted to come out here on our own and watch this midlife crisis play out in real time. Because you guys say that you are the three wild-ass southern boys, but I'm sorry, there's got to be an age limit on using the word boys, am I right? Seriously, you're more like the mild-eyed southern boomers because you continue to believe that you can lose every single week, get decimated, get destroyed, get embarrassed, and still get time to talk on the mic. Well, I'm sorry, boys, but it don't work that way. This microphone is reserved for winners. Like the men next to me, Demon Inc. Like the man who beat your beloved Grand Slam champion, Blake Tanner, within an inch of his life at the Regal Rumble, Gazi. And like your opponent this Wednesday, Gibbons. Because as much as you want to come out here like a real cowboy, you are nothing compared to evil incarnate himself. 
a man that hell itself didn't want. A man that stared the devil in the eyes and the devil flinched. So Gibbons, good luck, genuinely, because this Wednesday you're going face to face with Randall Crowley. Whoa, all right, Tibbs. How does he have power to summon flames now? The whole ring just caught fire. You know, Sills, I might have left a couple of spell books on my desk and they may have gone missing. Well, that looks phenomenal because now the, the devil himself, Randall Crowley, walking down and staring down the wild-eyed southern boys. But Tibbs, those southern boys are standing defiant against this. Uh-huh, you gotta give that to the Southern boys at least, Sills. They will not be frightened. They will not be made afeard, and they will stand up against the darkness and the fire. That is right, and let's not forget two great champions there, Randall Crowley and both Chuck Gibbons, but I'm fairly sure neither of them were ever able to really interact in JXT. This will be their first uh, bout this Wednesday on Defiance, and it is gonna be an absolutely can't miss show and speaking of can't miss shows tibbs let's talk about wrestle palooza one of the biggest shows of the year we're gonna have momoa curry's final match we are gonna have the finals of the j1 tournament and we are gonna see our champion the dylan go toe to toe with the man known as the jebaduk but unfortunately jeb has had a bit of a monkey on his back in the form of mark plays Yes, Sills, it looks like Mark wants to give Jeb a makeover and turn him into what he thinks of as a quote-unquote real champion. But honestly, Sills, I just think that he wants to get some merch rights. That is right. Well, it worked for George Lucas, but the Jebaduck is now finally in the back on his own, ready to speak for the first time. So why don't we go backstage to hear from the Jebaduck and one of our top interviewers. Ladies and gentlemen, Dad the Dad McDonald backstage here with the man who is set to face off against Big Cyrus Crane in one hell of a matchup this Wednesday on Defiance, the Gemini. Now, Jeb, Big Cyrus is actually the man who ended your first reign as JXC champion. We know there's absolutely no love lost between the two of you. How are you prepping for this matchup? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, hey, McDonald, how you doing? Mark plays here and all that. I, I know you don't recognize me. That's just because I don't do stupid backstage interviews. But I'm just here for the Jeb man. Because, Jeb, this is one hell of a match you got coming this Wednesday, bud. You are going against one of your biggest rivals in this company's history in Big Cyrus Crane. And I'll tell you right now, you know, Mark plays. I don't like to be a negative Nancy, but... I'm scared for you, bud. I really am, because not everyone can be Mark Plays. Not everyone can absolutely decimate him in the center of the ring like I could, but I think with the momentum you've got built up, the adrenaline in your soul, you can do it. I really believe in you, and that's why I've got a big present for you. And it's what I am dubbing the final piece. The final piece of the puzzle that is the Jebaduk. I think this is what's really gonna make you a star, bud. So this Wednesday, I'm gonna be the best friend that I am and accompany you to the ring and together, we are going to show Big Cyrus Crane who the best in this company is. 
And it's the Jebedook. And also Mark plays, but that's a given. Well, Tibbs, uh, I gotta say this can only turn out well for the Jebedook, right? That's sarcasm, isn't it? That is complete and total sarcasm. I've got no idea what Mark Place has planned for this Wednesday, but uh, it cannot be good for the career of the Jebedook, I will say that. No, and he just keeps doing it, huh, Sills? He's just gonna be here every week, do you think? Jeb is going to even get a chance to talk with Mark Plays around. I don't know, Tibbs, but you want to talk about a, talk about a great career when it comes to the Jebedook. Let's talk about a phenomenal career that was held by the man known as Momoa Curry, god of law, god of the sea, and of course, god of the JWF, who announced back at the Tibby Awards last year that his match at Wrestlepalooza this year would be his final match match in the company in all of professional wrestling and Tibbs you know you hate to see it but it has been a career well lived it has been Sills this is a this is a hard day for me as well I just seeing Momoa Curry finally want to hang him up for good and after we've been through so much together I mean the man uh, the man can still go as well Tibbs I mean Regal Rumble him and Scotty Moore that was a match of the year candidate and it was only one quarter of the way through the year but he's got Wrestlepalooza on his mind and he has an opponent in mind which is why now in our main event Momoa Curry has returned to officially announce his opponent for Wrestlepalooza let's go down to the ring April 6th 1932. The skies were pitch black. The oceans themselves ran even darker. And as the cold air blew over the waters themselves, steam began to rise above the tops of the sails of the tallest ships. They call it sea smoke. And on that night, one ship, the MFS Judge, and jury found itself sailing through that smoke. And what it found on the other side was something that no man was meant to see. Nearly 15 feet tall tentacles climbing to the air, a monster known only as the Leviathan. A beast that when viewed by the average sailor would send them flying into a panic, turning the wheels of their ships and finding themselves trapped in the inevitable whirlpools that the beast spawned. But on that day, the judge and jury did not falter. Its sails did not change direction. It did not go down. Instead, the captain of that ship ordered its crew to fight. With whatever they had, they shot their cannons, their bayonets, whatever they had on board, and when the cannons ran empty, they filled them with weaponry, leftover food, whatever they could get their hands on to send against the beast. And as the ship, like all others, began to sink into that inky blackness below, they lost many men, and the captain found himself left with one choice, to attempt escape or fight that opponent to the death. And on that night, the captain chose death, and that 
ironically enough, was what saved his life. Because when the god of the sea broke through the surface of that water, he saw... He saw that his work had been done for him. The Leviathan was bloodied and beaten, and only one spear to the heart was enough to take him down. And the god of the sea took kindly to the captain of that ship. And I'm sure you all know the story from there. The god and the captain stood side by side, fighting the horrors of the deep with every waking breath until someone finally, and quite idiotically, asked the question, who is more powerful, the god or the captain? And over the next 80 long years, the two would desperately try to answer that question, engaging in increasingly violent battle after battle, the seas running red with their blood as they traded victory in each consecutive bout. But now, it's time for the god to rest. And it's time for the universe to finally have an answer. Which is why at Wrestlepalooza, my career ends the same way it began. My opponent for Wrestlepalooza is Captain Tibbs. Uh, well, Tibbs, I, I think you're up, bud. Yeah, I am. And it will be an honor, Silves. Looks like that is... The god and the captain face to face one last time at Wrestlepalooza, Tibbs. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I, I'm not usually a man without words, but right now I've, I have no words for this moment. No, Sales. How can you put almost a century into words? How can you break down everything that Moa Curry and I have been through? in one simple response, and that's why we can't do it with words, Sills. But we're gonna do it in the ring. That is... And I am gonna have to go back to Mexico to get some more stem cell treatments. <laughs> that is right, Tibbs, but of course there's still a long road to Wrestlepalooza ahead of us, and it's beginning this Wednesday on Defiance. Blake Tanner's first open challenge for the Defiant title. The War Wizards taking on Big Fiston in a matchup that I'm sure a lot of people were excited to see. Crush Atlas, Fomosan, Jebedook, Big Cyrus, Chuck Gibbons, and Randall Crowley. Tibbs, what a damn card. Absolutely, Sills. I mean, we are... We are not stopping, and if anything, we're ramping up until we get to Wrestlepalooza. That is right, and then of course next week on Ignition, we are going to hear from another great J1 standout in Griffin Clouds. The uh, Vape Master General of the VWO, they call him, has returned, and I'm sure he's got a big message for whoever his opponent is going to be that week. And then also, we are going to be hearing from, from the Whitney family again, unfortunately. 
At this point, Sills have got so many championships and people in it, we probably are going to have to hear from them every week. That is right, but that's going to be next time. Until then, remember to support us at patreon.com slash a load of BS and pick up merch for your favorite superstars at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. But until next time, I've been Silver Spoon. He's been Captain Tibbs. This has been JWF Ignition, and we will see you next time.